Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hi, everybody. I hope that each of you are enjoying. I'm trying to figure out when I'm releasing this, but I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I, Matt and I are going to be with our parents um, for the week. We're just kind of splitting our time and I'm super excited and I love this time of year and um, it's, the rains have been here a little bit, but they're slowing down and I'm just grateful for this time of year. And I hope that all of you are also enjoying this time of year with your families and all the memories and feelings that come with Thanksgiving and um, the fall weather and the leaves and the rains and the whatever, wherever you're at, whatever it is. Um, okay. So I wanted to share with you this podcast is about, well, I won't tell you the title yet. Well, you'll see the title, but I want to share with you where everything came from. Okay. So I, when I went to Utah, I shared with you on a podcast about my experience of sitting by Annette on the plane home and she has cancer and there's no cure for it. And then she's going to pass away. And I came home extremely determined that no matter what, even no, just no matter what I needed to make sure and gather the kids every night to read from the book of Mormon. I felt very strongly about that. And just, just to be just honest and vulnerable with you, um, our oldest, she's 26 in two weeks. And from the time she was very little, we would read the scriptures to her, the book of Mormon specifically. And, um, our other kids, we tried really hard to read with them on a regular basis. I wouldn't say that we were always consistent, like every day, there were times where we did really good for every day, but in general, we would try very hard to sit down and read with them. Um, as a mom during lunch, I would pull out, I had these, all these, this packet of, uh, scripture photos. Um, I can't remember what it was called. You could order it from the church distribution center. They still might have it, but anyway, um, I would sit and I would hold up a picture and ask them to tell me what's in the picture. What do you see? Tell me a little bit about it. And so the kids growing up, I would try very hard to teach them about the scriptures and about different people from the scriptures and teach them different principles and doctrine. Um, at times we would memorize scriptures. Um, one summer, every, I, every week I put a new scripture up on the wall. We memorized, them. Bailey did very, very good at that. She was a good memorizer. (laughs) Um, anyway, we've tried very hard. We've tried different things. One thing that I thought worked really well for a, quite a while was we would just set a timer for five minutes. Our kids, um, either with come follow me or wherever we were at reading in our scriptures, they would read for a certain amount of time, which we usually set the timer for five minutes. And then when we finished the timer would go off, each child would share what they gained from that reading and what helped them. Um, So from the time that Madeline was a baby in 1997, um, six, you know, just, I don't know how old I have to go back and look at my journal, but, um, we've, we've read the book of Mormon through with our kids four times, I would say at least 
all the way through, but it took us from the time until she left the house. So it took us 18 years to read it through four times. But the thing that I felt very strongly about was um, coming back from Utah with talking to Annette was that, and and we love Come Follow Me and Gannon and I in the mornings when we drive to school, um, we read a scripture from Come Follow Me and we read a quote. And so, and just going back just a little bit, sorry, I'm jumping around. My head's kind of going all over the place, but um, in the car, when the boys were younger, Carter and Hayden, I really wanted to work on preach my gospel with them. And also I read the book of Mormon with Carter when we would drive to middle school. And I was just trying to find any way that I could to help my kids be protected, armed, um, feel God's love for them feel the spirit testify of truth, know the difference so that when they stepped in those buildings or those hallways or those classrooms or conversations that they could sense the difference. And what happened though, is we worked so hard. I worked so hard. I felt like with the older kids and then with COVID we would read, but it wasn't always consistent. And so we've done a good job, but we haven't done a great job. And we have just needed to do a lot better And sometimes when you get (laughs) hard to say, just being honest here, you get tired, you get tired as a parent. And I found myself getting tired the last year, year and a half, just like fighting to have these moments, fighting to create them, getting the kids to stop hitting each other or fighting with each other or getting to settle down or stop moving around or get engaged with the conversation. And it's just... You just get tired of it, right? I'm sure some of you can understand how I feel. And so I just really felt very, very convicted this last time coming back from Utah that no, no matter what, even if there is inability to focus, even if they're all over the place, even if they're not, if they're like, hurry, mom, hurry, mom, I got to go to bed or hurry, mom, hurry, mom, I got to write a paper or hurry, mom, hurry, mom, uh, we wanted to finish this show or Whatever the things were always like, hurry, mom, hurry, mom. Um, I need to go upstairs and and take a shower, wash my face or whatever it was. I'm just like, no, this is just happening. And the one thing that we started off that first night when I got home on Monday night before Halloween was, you know, this is the most, the book of Mormon is the most correct book on the face of the earth. And a man will get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than any other book. And so I feel very strongly right now, in addition to the come follow me and the things that every night, every night, we need to, of our 2,400 minutes in a day, um, we need, our family needs to be reading 10 minutes of those 2,400, um, reading the scriptures. And so, um, especially the book of Mormon. Okay. So in this process, we just read a few chapters a night. We read quietly to ourselves. Um, and then we discuss it. So the other night, this podcast, now that I'm getting to my main point of the podcast, um, the other night we were reading in the very end of first Nephi chapter three and Matt poised, posed a really, uh, I love the thoughts that he has. And I love the thoughts that our kids come up with. And Matt shared, isn't it interesting that the younger brother in different scripture stories is the one that is asked by God to lead and that the older brothers have a hard time with it. 
And so we started talking about that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I thought this would be a great podcast because I know that all of you can think of many more, but I just thought of three younger siblings that are asked by God to lead their older siblings and to set an example or be a guide. And so um, I just wanted to share with you some of these thoughts and also why am I having those thoughts? Like, what does that mean for me? What did I learn from going and thinking about these three different people from the scriptures? And so I'll share with you something that happened to me that kind of brought it all together. But first of all, I just want to share with you. So we've got first Nephi, because that's what we were talking about with our kids is Laman and Lemuel are so angry with Nephi. And they're also angry with Nephi's dad. But right now we're just focusing on Nephi. They're so mad at him that they're beating him up with a rod. An angel comes. He tells him to stop. He's asking him, why are you doing this? This is the angel speaking to them. Okay. And the angel says to them, know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you and this because of your iniquities. Then the angel says, behold, ye shall go to Jerusalem again, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. And after the angel had departed, Laman and Lemuel began to murmur again, saying, how is it possible that the Lord will deliver Laban into our hands? Okay, so we know from multiple scriptures that Laman and Lemuel had a very, very hard time with Nephi and Sam and their dad. And why is it that God because of, I mean, obviously his righteousness, but Nephi is asked to be a ruler and a leader over his brothers. And yet he's young. He's large in stature, but he is young. Okay. The next one that I thought about is um, David. Okay. So David is the youngest of Jesse's children. Okay. So there are three older brothers and they go follow Saul and they go to battle. And you've got David who is tending the sheep, the lambs. And there's this battle that's happening and there's this Philistine and his name is Goliath. And he keeps presenting himself 40 days saying, come fight me, you know. And Jesse, David's father, comes to him, his youngest son, and says, hey, go take this corn and loaves of bread and go go take it to your brother's camp. Well, David is really excited. And um, when he gets there, he jumps out. He's He he sees what's going on and he's asking questions like, what's going on? Why, why is nobody fighting this Philistine, you know? And he's excited. And um, the, the, he's seeing that the men, the men are very, very afraid of Goliath. And actually David's oldest brother, his name is Eliab. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he gets angry at David. And he said, you know, why did you come here? You know, why aren't you taking care of the sheep? And then he tells him, I know your pride. I know the haughtiness of your heart for your come here because you want to see this battle. So David is very, very curious about this. And he wants to understand why isn't anybody going to fight him? And so David says to Saul, look, I have kept my father's sheep. There once came a lion and a bear and it took the lamb and I went out and I killed him. 
I killed the lion. I killed the bear. And like, if I can kill a lion and a bear, I can kill a Philistine. So he's like, look, I, if I'm being delivered from the paw of a lion out of the paw of a lamb, he will deliver me from this hand of this Philistine. And David, Saul says to David, the Lord be with thee. So Saul gives David his armor to put on. And so David puts on the armor, but he says, for I have not proved it. And David says to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not proved them. And so David takes them off of himself. Okay. So he has these brothers, these three older brothers that have been fighting in this war and watching this Philistine. And here comes their little brother. And what does he do? He chooses five smooth stones from a brook. He puts them in his shepherd's bag and he puts, he grabs his sling and he heads towards the Philistine. And as the Philistine comes out in the morning, David comes to him and it says that David was a ruddy youth of a fair countenance. And Goliath says to David, am I a dog that thou comest to me, to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David for his, by his gods. And he says, Goliath says, come to me and I will give thy flesh into the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. So David says to Goliath, thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and I will take thine head from thee and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Okay, so I want you to go back to Nephi and how the angel said, look, you are going to go back to Jerusalem. You're going to get the plates. You're going to, you know, you, there will be a way made. This is the strength and the faith that came from David. Look, I'm coming to you in the name of God. I am not afraid of you. You can come to me with the spear, whatever you have, but I'm coming in the name of God. So David pulls out his bag and he takes the stone. He slings it. He smites the Philistine. He cuts off his head. He stands upon the Philistine and he is dead. Okay. Goliath's dead. But here it is, another story of a younger brother being the example, being the guide, being the leader, being the, look what happened to David. He became king. And yet he was the baby. He was the little one, but he was fearless. Okay. Then I thought about Joseph. Okay. So Joseph is 17 years old and he, as it says in the scriptures that Israel, which is Jacob, he loved Joseph more than all of his children. So he makes him this coat of many colors. And he says that he loves him because he was born in his old age. So when his brothers, his older brothers saw that Jacob, Israel, loved Joseph more, they hated him. They didn't want any peace with Joseph. They were very upset with him. And so they decide we're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. Our dad favors him. He loves him. And he's just a dreamer. 
and he keeps having these stupid dreams and we're going to kill him. So they decide, look, we're going to throw him in a pit and we're going to tell our dad that an evil beast devoured him. And um, this is the plan. Well, Reuben, he hears it and he said, look, we can't kill him. We cannot kill Joseph. Um, just don't shed his blood. Just throw him in the pit and let, don't put your hands on him though. Don't, don't get rid of him. Um, so what do they do when Joseph comes to them? They strip Joseph of his coat. They take him, they throw him in a pit. There was no water in there, but they did give him some bread and all of a sudden, these Ishmaelites come from Gilead with their camels. And they have spices and balm and myrrh, and they're going to Egypt. And one of Joseph's older brothers, Judah, says to them, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh, and his brethren were content. So here comes Judah, because Reuben already said, we're, we're going to just throw him in the pit. Judah's like, look, let's just sell him to the Ishmaelites. They all hated him, right? But what did Joseph do? Joseph didn't do anything. He was just loved by his father and he was called of God, right? Well, then they they sell him to the Ishmaelites. And then um, some Midianites, merchants, they come and they get Joseph out of the pit. And Joseph is sold from the Ishmaelites to the Midianites. And when Reuben returns to that pit, he sees that Joseph is not in the pit and he rents his clothes. There's a guilt factor for Reuben, but they return anyway, they return and they take the coat and they put killed goat's blood on the coat. And as soon as his father sees it, he is literally devastated. And they say, look, a beast devoured him. Um, they ripped Joseph into pieces. And so Jacob, Israel, is completely devastated. And it doesn't matter what his kids try to do, his sons, his daughters, to try to comfort him. He is in grave, grave mourning. And what do the Midianites do? They sell Joseph to Egypt. Egypt. They go into Egypt and they sell him to Potiphar. Okay. And then he becomes an office. And we know what happens to the story. Okay. So you have Joseph, who's a younger, the youngest son, the younger brother, 17 years old. They all want to kill him. They hate him. But yet he is the one that delivers his brothers from bondage. He is the one that is the chosen one. Nephi is the same. He delivers his family. He's obedient. He's faithful. He keeps pursuing. He doesn't stop. Even when his older brothers are abusive, are cruel, are beating him. And also David. David was fearless. He was called of God to lead. He had older brothers, but none of them felt the confidence to go fight this Goliath. So anyway, okay, so I'm sitting here after we read this scripture with the kids and Matt shares his insight. And I'm thinking in my head of all these, you know, Moses, like you could probably think of many scriptures of these younger siblings that are asked to lead or they are the example or they're the ruler over their siblings. And I thought, why, what does this have to do? Like, what am I supposed to learn from this? What's one lesson I can learn from all of these 
um, examples of younger siblings leading older ones. And I had this experience on Saturday morning. So right now, um, I am subbing in primary for the next two months, a sister in the primary that's a teacher. She's had a surgery and she has to be out for a couple months. And so I'm in there subbing in her class. And on Saturday morning, the day before our primary presentation, I got to join the kids in the uh, chapel to practice the primary song. And I had practiced the Sunday before, but that's the only other time. And I'm sitting in this room and I'm with all these beautiful children in primary. You got three years old and up to 11, right? And they're sitting there singing these incredible songs. And I began to get emotional and I start to cry. And the reason why I cried is I feel like I got just a moment of a, a, a possible meaning of why the younger brothers were asked to lead or be the ruler over their older ones. And I looked around the room at these little children and I cried because these little children can teach you and I so much. They have such extraordinary gifts. And for this primary presentation, the children each shared a story about Jesus that they loved. And they were very tender. And I realized how much in my life I've learned from little children, how much I've learned from my own children. Like my kids have taught me so much. They have taught me more than I could ever learn any other way. Over and over and over and over again, they are teaching me all the time. Every day of my life, my children are teaching me. And I realized, okay, for this moment, I know what First Nephi chapter 3 in regards to Laman, Lemuel, and Nephi mean. And then adding on with David and adding on with um, Joseph that we can learn so much from little children. They can teach us so much. And if we are humble and teachable and we let down our pride and we allow ourselves to listen to them out of the mouth of babes, we can learn so much. And just in closing, I pulled up a scripture that all of you know, and it just helped me solidify my thoughts about how much our little ones can teach us. And it's in Matthew chapter 18. It's also in the book of Mormon. It says, and Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. My sister um, recommended this book to me. It's called Good Inside. And I recommend all of you go get it from your library or go buy it on Amazon. And it reiterates again in this book how much our children, they are so good inside. They are good inside and they teach us so much. And I'm just so grateful that heavenly father has allowed, um, 
me to be around so many incredible children throughout my life, through service, through relationships, through friendships, um, my nieces, my nephews, um, especially my own children. And I'm grateful for the scriptures and what they teach us. And I'm grateful for the recommitment I feel inside because had I not pushed inside of my heart to say, Beth, you got to do this. You got to read these moments where Matt and the kids are sharing these profound thoughts and feelings wouldn't happen. And that's why I love scripture reading. That's why I love the scriptures because they teach me something all the time and it helps me to be humble and realize how much like this situation, how much younger people can teach us older people about God's love and his ways. And as long as we humble ourselves, we can learn. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a great week. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.